Hello and welcome to Oh Mother Where Art Thou, the Barcelona-based podcast about life as a parent, what we do for fun and where to go for help. I'm Lucy, I'm your host and you're listening to episode 8. Coming up is Jo O'Mealy, an English mum and yoga teacher who is also currently glowing and beautiful while pregnant with her third baby. Jo tells us about her apprehension about having a third child, her career in TV before coming to Barcelona, and her experience of birth and motherhood in Spain. We talk about how to make time for yoga, and then we chat about identity and the transformation into motherhood. For more information or to contact me, go straight to omotherbarcelona.com. So here's the interview. So, Joe, welcome to Oh Mother Where Art Thou. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to have you here. I, you've been on my list of guests since I started. That's nice Because to you were my postnatal yoga teacher. That's right. Not just that, so many people recommended me to you. So, I invited you on the podcast because I feel that you have a real understanding of women in that stage when you've just come out of having this baby. Mm-hmm. You you seem to understand the needs of those women that are just fresh out and they desperately want to relax and regain some balance I think Mm -hmm. and so seeing so many women like that must be Mm. amazing no? Really amazing yeah and I think you're right I do feel like I understand those people mainly because that's where I'm at that's where I have been Um, I've got two kids myself Um, and now yeah a third (laughs) by the way Joe is super pregnant yeah how many weeks are you almost 33 33 weeks so not long at all yes yeah are you getting excited there's no time for that I don't (laughs) (laughs) there's like two kids I work I teach yoga um no of course we're excited we're looking forward to it of course when you have time to think about when there's time (laughs) yeah and it's not it's different isn't it with different pregnancies you know and different situations and circumstances but yeah no my kids are excited my daughter is seven Ruby and my son Jake is four and they're both like beyond excited and that's really really nice you obviously have done this twice before Mm. how are you feeling now yeah I feel good I feel good I feel positive and obviously looking forward to having the baby alongside that if I'm brutally honest is that you know there's always a bit of apprehension I think for everybody whenever you have a baby it's never a kind of just smooth sailing there's Mm. ups and downs peaks and troughs pregnancy does that to you like the other day I had a, a day of overwhelm and just you know there were just very different problems silly small things which normally are just no problem just floored me like someone had to change an appointment and I couldn't talk properly on the phone in Spanish and I was just oh god and it made me cry and you start crying oh, and that yeah. just happens doesn't yeah, it yeah, yeah. and it's perfectly normal and natural and I think third time round, I know that I know it's part and parcel but also I think it can be a really important reminder and just kind of I have that awareness to go okay you've had a full-on couple of days maybe it's just oh this is just a hormonal day be kind to yourself take it easy yeah Yeah, yeah. stop Stop go to bed piling things on the to-do list yeah Yeah. and I think especially at 33 weeks especially with lots of stuff going on with children work with everything you know I need to for myself remind myself of that there is a time to slow down it's so important and you forget that's coming I bet each time yeah. because all of a sudden you have to realise you can only do one thing a day type thing <laughs> yeah I suppose I have been I think I've been in a bit of denial about that as well because there's been quite a big break my second child Jake is four so between four and now you know we've left the baby zone mm-hmm. in lots of ways there's no nappies in my house there's yeah, no yeah. we don't even have to take the wet wipes out in the bag and all of yeah, that like yeah. you normally do and you do for years and years and we've actually kind of come to quite a nice place in a way it's sort of some ways a bit easier kids mm. are more oh yeah yeah I can't wait do. yeah <laughs> well zero to three is that young stage isn't it and yeah so when you've graduated from that yeah how does so how does it feel going back into it yeah so so it's quite that's what I mean that's where the apprehension comes from and I think we weren't sure hand on heart this is what we wanted to do for a long time myself and my husband are both one of three and for us although two is perfect and I love it and we've loved having two it's sort there was something there was this itch (laughs) this annoying little kind of scratch that wouldn't go away and I think it's just because of what you know and what you're used to what you've both been brought up Mm -hmm. in but yeah we both in our heads weren't sure but in our hearts we knew and I think that's the thing although there was always going to be another one (laughs) sort 
deep down, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so we sort of did kind of know it was going to happen, I think, deep down. And, and whilst there's lots of... I suppose apprehension or insecurity or our heads wondering how we're going to cope with all these practical things, Mm -hmm. finances, even down to things like fitting them in the car and all of those practical things. I think also alongside that, with me at least, I don't want to speak for Nick, my husband, but for me, I do feel a kind of sense of peace satisfaction with this mm. that knowing this this is right a complete unit yeah for yeah. us it will i think touch wood you know everything goes to plan. all goes to plan we'll be a little family of five and yeah i think it, i think it will be good <laughs> it'll be mad it'll be chaotic yeah i'm certain of it but um all in all yeah i think it'll be good so you've got two kids now how old are they again ruby is seven yeah and jake is four and your partner where's he from he is um well he's, he's half jamaican actually but um from the UK and how long have you been here in Barcelona so we moved here about five years ago pretty crazily just on a whim really if I'm honest one child yeah so Ruby was two I suppose to to explain it best it's best to kind of rewind a little bit so we were very much in London we both worked in television both worked in TV as producers behind the scenes oh what shows lots of shows (laughs) My husband's all into adventure programming, so he does all kind of documentaries and also Bear Grylls type programs. Um, so all over the place that would be yeah so he's always flying off around the world to jungles and volcanoes and how exciting yeah it is exciting but I think it doesn't always have as much excitement when you have a family and you actually just want to be at home things change but no really exciting careers I worked as a producer worked on lots of reality kind of rubbish shows like Big Brother and The Big Breakfast and all sorts of (laughs) all the shows I watched when I was back there but really good but full Mm. on full on and then I actually um, sort of shifted into doing more digital work for TV programs running websites and social media when that all kind of took off and had my daughter when I was 33 when we were living in East London we got flat in Shoreditch oh wow I used to live in Dalston oh okay yeah Yeah. so very much living that London life very much kind of you know going out parties yeah yeah and it does working all hours but also then playing hard because you work so hard and you have have to work so hard to be able to play hard in London yeah. because of the money situation yeah. as well and and you but, play hard because you work hard yeah, so it's yeah, a vicious yeah. circle isn't yeah, it and yeah. that's just the culture mm. it's a given isn't it it's yeah. kind of that's how you do it I'd found yoga and I'd been doing a lot I did a lot a lot of oh, yoga so you did yoga before you had kids oh yeah I, I mean I throughout pretty much my London life my experience I've been practicing yoga and then right kind of towards the end of my time there when I was actually like serious producing the digital side of Big Brother so full on job big job but I was doing my teacher training at the same time and what I've always found is Mm. that (laughs) yoga has complemented everything I've done and I felt like I've needed it alongside all the rest of the every stage stuff that's gone on yeah um for me once since I found it you know it's 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 kept me grounded it's kept me balanced it's given me perspective and it's always been there it's been there since yeah my early 20s consistently so yeah had loads of friends locally all in the east and had a really fun fantastic like time through my 20s um although you know when I look back now it was kind of lots of highs and lows of that as well because I think you're working and you're kind of killing yourself a lot of the time aren't you you're yeah, sort yeah. of really pushing yourself and you know the the fun times of partying are great but also there's lots of bad stuff that comes alongside that etc yeah, yeah yeah so it's not potentially a very balanced life I'd say no and definitely not suited to a two-year-old no or a family <laughs> especially a family. East London no which is so that must fun. have been a big shock no for yeah. you and your friendship group and everything so absolutely. you were pregnant had a baby yeah I was lucky because one of my best friends actually was pregnant absolutely at the same time oh, as that's me. good so two people two of us but we were yeah we were very much the first out of our group of friends yeah, yeah. but yeah it was a shock to get pregnant and it wasn't well yeah we sort of had planned it we'd been married a couple of years before and we knew this was the trajectory the we wanted to go on but it was just as you say a difference in the way of being the way of yeah. living when I had my first daughter you know I was one of the first in my group of friends I was living quite a, a Londony lifestyle you're massively going through identity shifts at all of that time as well aren't you it's kind of it's this interesting massive transformation really in terms of identity from this working at channel four at that point commissioner you know good career working all hours 
had my daughter. Oh, best thing in the world. Had a fantastic birth in Homerton, in Hackney. Felt very empowered. Did a lot of hypnobirthing. Was doing lots of yoga at the same time. Very empowered. Very team player with my husband. We'd work well together. Yeah, and had a great kind of time, actually. I was very lucky. But, you know, the identity shift is huge. And you're not sure. For me, I didn't know how to juggle the two worlds of being a career woman and still wanting to go out, although that was less of a problem. So did you go back to work? I went back to work quite quickly in London. At what age was um... Ruby? So I went back part-time just a couple of days a week when she was probably around eight or nine months. And I had a friend looking after her at home, a really good friend who had kids, you know, we trusted. Then when she was 16 months, and by this point we decided we were going to leave London, we moved out to Surrey where my mum lives and my sister. Thought we'd try the suburbs. I took a big job at Channel 4 to become a commissioner, which was a fantastic job opportunity, but it was full-time. So my sister was fantastic and had her for two days a week and she went to nursery three days a week mm-hmm. and my mum was there to help with evenings and pickups and I was lucky I had so that so you had this little circle of support yeah, which so was what, great so what what was wrong the problem mm. was I felt like I was doing nothing well oh I hate that I get that so much at the moment I have that like dilemma right it's like you can't be a good anything no. you feel like you're not a good mum you're not a good worker you're no. not a good wife you're not a good, I'm, I'm not housewife because I'm yeah. doing 25 other things and I'm like I feel like I'm letting everyone down yeah. and it's a guilt and I'm pulled in every that. direction and I had terrible guilt even putting her in nursery at 16 months it didn't feel like what I wanted to do either I wouldn't mind so much with my sister that felt okay but nursery for me I, I kind of got over that but I had a really tough time mm. even accepting that first and I was taking my daughter to nursery for eight horrible dropping her off you know rush rush right, rush eight, eight in the morning yeah. yeah get the train into London commute we were out in Surrey um, get to Channel 4 rush into Channel 4 all rush 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 do a day's work but have to leave at 4.30 which is unheard of in that career yeah. or in most careers and feel guilty about that having to creep out miss meetings not doing that properly but only then only the only way I could do it was to leave at 4.30 to get her to pick her up at 6 and then sometimes the train would be delayed I'd be the last mum there and they'd charge you if you were even like 5 minutes late you get charged oh which is what happens in London nurseries <laughs> yeah well this is sorry but yeah still and feel awful because I'm the last one to pick up my little girl my little girl's been sat there you know she's only 18 months old mm. all day and then I literally have an hour first day last hour yeah <laughs> completely and an hour before bed you know it's bedtime bath time it's not kind of bonding time so much it's the practicalities isn't it I didn't feel like I was being a good mum I didn't feel like I was doing my job as well as I wanted to mm-hmm. you can't have it all 100% no. you can't I don't do think you everything can. so for me there was really at that point in that circumstances no option we decided like I was going to not do that even though they wanted me to carry on and blah 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 it's a massive decision financially identity wise all of that stuff but we kind of just had enough and didn't want to commute like that didn't want to work like that didn't want to parent like that me and my husband came to that conclusion together and it was at this point that we made quite a dramatic decision then to move to Barcelona primarily so where did that come from? well Nick's sister lives here so we right. visited so she's married she to a Catalan family here that was already a nice yeah we'd also lived in Australia mm-hmm. and we loved loved Australia and the lifestyle beaches walking yeah, outdoors the, the sunshine just yeah. sunshine but yeah. away from family too far for those reasons it was like no we can't do that so Barcelona was always just a thing that in our mind seems was, sort of similar kind of an option <laughs> and my sister-in-law was here so we came we packed up our car a little golf with my two-year-old daughter quit my quit my job nick was still working because he's freelance boxes all around my little ruby sat in the back of her little seat Aww. in a car drove um to the ferry got the ferry to bilbao drove to barcelona absolutely shitting ourselves how are we going to do this didn't have a clue we had like two weeks talking booked. about it the whole way yeah <laughs> two weeks booked in an Airbnb there's also always got to be a little bit of stupidity maybe naivety whatever you want to call it like to be brave and do something I don't think you can overthink things sometimes no, you, just, exactly. have you just have to jump and that's something that as you get kids you, you stop doing mm. and you it becomes really slower for mm. you and like you overthink everything what, what effect with this yeah. because as you get older you become more cautious and responsible so we just went for it and we came here and we didn't know what we were going to do really and eventually after quite a lot of hassle because it's not easy is it in the rental market in Barcelona we found a place we settled in Villa Olympica and then what happened then was got here in the September by November realized I was pregnant with my second so had all of that 
oh my god there's so much to work out and think about bureaucratic stuff just a new world giving birth giving birth the medical mm-hmm. system the language mm-hmm. all the struggles with that which I found massively humbling because I think you know I like communicating that's what I've always done in my job I feel like I could comfortably talk to people Yeah, I'm the and same. then when that's gone and you haven't got the power to and you're in a playground or and in a shop and you, you can't, can't be yourself. physically yeah, it's communicate really hard, yeah. it's so humbling and it's reminded me so many times of you know when I was in London and I'd see perhaps people in a playground from a different country international people and you don't sort of think about it and it's like mm. that was me and I was like oh my god that's you know and it's yeah very humbling but um yeah so that was what happened I got pregnant and then I had to navigate all of those kind of expat or I don't like that word but international people yeah, international. <laughs> experiences in a new city being pregnant my husband was also still working freelance going back to the UK a lot or doing with his job he travels so away a lot so it was yeah. a lot of the time me with a two-year-old pregnant on my own pretty much in a country to... where you don't speak the language yeah. mm. not easy at all and again that's why I think I totally identify and can feel how many mums when they come to my classes often they've just moved here themselves yeah yeah and it's so important to find people to support you yeah. to connect with whether that's other mums that you just doesn't have to be mums and women no, that you yeah, talk or colleagues to. or or just people around you in that situation yeah if you arrive here it's so important to get yourself into social situations I was meeting people basically bus and once you do and it's like the best place in the world yeah so yeah I think get people around you yeah share experiences talk to people it's a massive thing to do and it is the same when you become a mum find people find your tribe you know for want of a better phrase and then also you know especially in relation to being a mum finding the experts the professionals and putting those people in place as well can be a big help whether that's a midwife or you know a lactation consultant if you you know just knowing about people and that takes time yeah yeah. it's one of the reasons I'm doing you know to to put that information out there because I feel that when you move here you feel very very alone in that virus. and I think it's really hard to find out that information especially if you don't speak the language I found a really good midwife Krishinda who is the Barcelona midwife who sadly left to go to Glasgow now that was a huge support and she supported me massively through the birth of my second son I wanted to have a home birth with Krishinda at home um, didn't happen because we had complications at the right at the end actually the last weeks there's issues with placenta my plan was to have a home birth with her didn't happen for the complications but yeah she came with me to Maternidad which is where I had my son Jake so it is more medical here I did find that even though maternitat is one of the more sort of pro natural birth mm-hmm. so with both you've had two natural births yeah one in the UK one in Hampton yeah and one here in Maternity yeah. and you'd say both were yeah positive experiences I think the second less so um, just because we were pushed continually to try and have cesareans pushed to oh, be really? induced pushed to be you know lots of intervention medical intervention which I was against and I didn't feel I needed and actually with Krishinda's support we got a second opinion from Dr. Ariana Bonata, who's a more holistic, perhaps, in her approach. Right. So we felt confident that we could kind of push back a little bit because that's the thing. When you're getting told something by medical stuff, it's so hard to feel like I'm taking that on myself. A medical person knows better. Of course I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I can't do it. I'm just not confident enough to question It's, a, well, it's a very hard. <laughs> it was only because it was my second time and I had the support around me, you know. Mm. But in the end, we were pushed into having, I was actually in Please don't in any way think I'm against medical intervention no, no, when it's no. needed because it's just, God it's, it's a miracle it's a personal thing isn't it and, that, mm. and that's and that's the whole thing about birth is is we need to not be judging yeah, anyone there completely. shouldn't be any judgement it should just be about what makes you feel comfortable yes. like and what makes you feel respected yes. so for example if you go into hospital and you request a an epidural and you don't feel that that is respected mm. or you feel that you've wo- had to wait too long for it or mm. any of these things not listen not to have a, yeah exactly yeah not respect right? exactly and, and that works for afterwards as well doesn't it yeah um you know, your choices yeah whether they're natural whether they you want to use formula whether you want to yeah breastfeed, all of these things it's it's really and only when you have had one your mm. second time you start when you to look go, back do you know what i'm in charge of this yeah there's no one else parenting this child but mm. me yeah and all of the people in the hospital with the first with with oscar when i had my first were giving me literally contrary predicting advice on mm. breastfeeding like how to hold him mm. what you know I, and I was really quite nervous and mm. stressed about the whole thing mm. and and then with Sam I was just like yeah it's okay just yeah. leave me alone yeah <laughs> 
you get on with it you get yeah. that sense that hindsight massively helps isn't it? but you don't know when you're in your first time of course you don't nobody does but um, yeah no I completely agree I think it is all down to women being respected having those choices offered to them in a the way that makes them feel safe and yeah. honoured you know um, and there is this thing isn't there about birth in the as we're animals we're all kind of descended from animals aren't we and in the natural world animals go off and give birth in a quiet dark place where they feel relaxed confident yeah yeah safe safe exactly and that allows then your entire body to be gentle to be soft to be relaxed to open to dilate mm. Mm. and when we're looking and, and also upright that's so important yeah, I mean yeah. as I teach in my yoga for birth it's like not lying on your back what well, animal lies on their back I don't think any animal that lie. we see it on in movies <laughs> yeah, yeah. and in TV shows people lying on their backs because for just the physical just, anatomy of it we need just gravity gravity doesn't work it? that way <laughs> to come down yeah. you're also you're, you're compressing your coccyx and it doesn't work so ideally you want to be upright you want to be moving you know and that's why yoga is really useful in in pregnancy because for two reasons you're toning all the muscles yeah, yeah. building strength in the legs the back muscles the push muscles that you're going to use in labor if you're going to have a natural birth you're also kind of finding what we talked about earlier that calm place and it's not all just that yoga needs to be candles and chanting and pregnant ladies need to be ah, and all like that but we want to be able to get in the habit so that when difficult challenging situations arise perhaps in birth yeah contractions contractions which are intense let's not pretend they're not we can just access this place that can allow our body to feel it to reach into it but then yeah be soft and open with it rather than tense and tight because everything tensing and tightening in muscles that's not going to do what you need it to do so we yoga isn't just about trying to oh like i've had a nice massage i feel relaxed it's actually about creating again the habit of being relaxed of being soft how to relax yeah particularly when perhaps you're not Mm. and that then and you definitely need that often yeah and And when you're a mum and or if you're in a high stress job or anything like that to learn your own meditation really as much as anything Thing and it is your breathing. coping mechanism yeah the coping mechanism exactly breathing is definitely just a natural one isn't yeah. it yeah it's, it's cheap it's free you've got yeah. access to it you know people often say well I can't afford to come to yoga I haven't got time but everyone's got five minutes to breathe doesn't you can find that and it doesn't cost you anything. yeah yeah but yeah absolutely also yoga is good for strength and I think you know like, it's important to realize that we are in training for kind of a marathon you know it's an intense physical experience and it should be hypnobirth thing is wonderful it gives you a chance to change perhaps your mentality about it but we also prepare our bodies wait hypnobirthing did, did you do it mm. did you for mm. for this for one my first you baby for this as well i have listened to hypnobirthing scripts so i have meditations basically that i listen right. to which are positive affirmations to kind of lose the fear did it make any difference i me... spent my whole second labor listening to my hypnobirthing meditations did you but actually almost i think i went too far that way if right. i'm perfectly honest I think I became too much in my head about it and this is why I think it's wonderful and I think it's very beneficial and I'm not putting it down but I think also you've got to also realize you still need to be in your body too and you need to try to rely on an external training or anything no it's learn do both with yoga and this is why I love it it's it's not just physical it's emotional and also sort of spiritual it's like there is something bigger than us and I think all those things come into play in birth you want to be strong physically as Mm -hmm. prepared as you can be so active and keeping you know have learned how to open and calm and be strong in your legs you want to be in a good emotional place so hopefully your fear isn't attached to births because obviously that can help make us tense Mm. and tighten and that doesn't help so getting yourself in a good solid grounded place supported place is useful birth and then also a little bit of spirituality because for me anyway I believe that you know being actually conceiving a child growing a child giving birth to a child is amazing it's like when you stop and think about it it's the incredible it's miraculous it is sort of bigger than us oh yeah definitely and whether you call that god or you call that universe or whatever you call yeah. that there's something beyond us that kind of these things happen yeah and it's the same then we provide milk for our child that's all we need they all they need i mean it's all those crazy, things isn't it? it's when crazy and, and when you stop it, it uh, i'm i'm very much about the fact that personally my belief is very much about nature and mm. how 
we are all animals, how it's like a, a just a process that our bodies are, and, and some people, very lucky people, get to do. Yeah. And the whole world is like growing because of it. Yeah. And that to me is mad. And we're chosen to be those people yeah. that are making that next generation Exactly. Of and and we have such an impact on the world by doing yeah, that. Yeah. So I suppose it's when you stop and think about those things, you know, that's what I'm talking about in Start terms of spirituality. Than yeah. just you and your baby. And know? I think a belief in that can be really important during birth as well because when it does get tough and there are intense periods when there is that you know there's a transition between early stages of labor to um actually when the baby starts to travel down the birth canal calling on something whether it's you know other people that have given birth in your family or women around the world or something big can be really yeah, really yeah, better yeah, so that's yeah. what I'm talking I about agree. in terms of the spirituality yeah so I, I use hypnobirthing and I've used obviously physical stuff as well for my for my yoga practice which is very focused on the pelvic area we talk about that a lot and also I think I have some so would you do of... hypnobirthing in some of your pregnancy yoga um I always drop in give me an example I don't I really no I don't mean hypnobirthing how... is like a whole meditative script so they can go on but it's just things I've heard about it being like the, a flow going through you as opposed to being a contraction or yeah they, they, they change the it. script so they use different words they don't like the language around birth being about tension tightening pain contraction so they use yeah. sur- uh, surges but yeah so it's just to do the language and letting go of fear that's what hypnobirthing is and you're, you're listening to things you're understanding about the physicality of birth that's what the first thing is they do and they try and take away some of this society's built up fear in so many of us that we now think it should be medicalized to have birth in a hospital you know that's just well, normal people are so scared of it that's why home birth i believe is a really good thing for families mm. i didn't do it i'm a scaredy cat and um and both times i've actually been induced so i'm glad i didn't go through the roses of yeah, it yeah. i really think it's fantastic for a family ha- a family mm. to see and feel that environment mm. and yeah and that's why i'd love it to have it with this one the third one but are you going to well that's my plan okay that's what i'd like but what i've realized from my last experience is also you can't be too attached to an idea yeah it's really important in birth it's like plan work do all the things you can read educate yourself practice yoga listen do whatever you want to do all that stuff but also there is a point when you have to accept baby comes when baby's ready yeah, in the plan that yeah. baby has <laughs> not <laughs> baby yours baby comes the way they want to things don't always go to yeah. plan and mm-hmm. if we kind of and I'd had this with my son because I had had this idea of you know home birth and I had to go home and meditate on it when I was found out I couldn't and I had this kind of mantra that came into my head was that imperfect is perfect too so what we hold on as we think about and plan in our heads this perfect ideology of what we want things to be whether it's a birth whether it's an event whatever it is life with our child it's not going to be like that but actually it can still be perfect that imperfection is still perfection that's what parenting is all about it's about learning I think where to be who you are and not drive be something that is perhaps prescribed to you and and just learn that your instincts and your family will work the way that they work and Mm. sometimes that's not what people expect and sometimes it's not what you originally expected but until you get that and I haven't always had this feeling Mm. until you get that family life can be really stressful Mm. and really um, full of unmet expectations Mm. and expectations are like a killer for me now I'm like if I feel like I have an expectation on me Mm. myself I have to break that down somehow and just be far more relaxed and feel good about the fact that things happen naturally and imperfect can Mm. be the best way possible sometimes yeah I agree and you, you learn stuff don't you along the way and I think that's what's very important in that fourth trimester for for new mums is that acceptance and that lowering of expectation you know just accept for at least six weeks you know you can't do a lot you're not going to do a lot at least yeah at minimum I'm talking about literally like well what I choose to do and what I like to do is to think about and they say it quite a lot now in the UK the week in bed a week on the bed and a week by the bed. Oh, this is that filling up the drawbridge thing, isn't it? Exactly. Lots of people talk about it. So I recently recommended this to a pregnant lady and um, I sat around a table at a baby shower Mm. and various other mothers went, no, don't do that. Get up, get out. Go go and enjoy having your baby in a buggy and walking around the park and stuff. I was like, look, I regret not doing it. I had two babies. So that first week, Mm. I wish I had just nuggled with that newborn Mm. because 
because I didn't. I got up at 7am to have breakfast with my, my other son. When I was seeing stars, I was that tired, you know? And you and know I, why you're doing it? Because you care about your son, you feel the guilt. guilt. Yeah, yeah there's so much guilt to be involved in that. But that week or two weeks of cocooning yourself up mm. is something that, that your other child will not ever remember but it's something you will be give you as precious for the rest of your life and also it's it's completely precious you're absolutely right but also it's actually long term more beneficial you'll recover quicker if you allow yourself to stop actually properly properly stop for ideally you know in many cultures it's the sort of 40 day laying in period yeah yeah you know where all the other mums do everything else for you all the mums or family members they come and cook for you you literally just lie in bed feed bomb with your baby and we don't have that in our culture we have this spring back bounce back mentality and it's mental and I was the same my first one I remember like oh I wanted to prove to myself and to other people that nothing had changed I was still me yeah but it's like how quickly can I get out how so how quickly did you go out after yeah. having a baby and you're like that's not the question no. that it should be it should be how long did, did you, you stay lie in, in? Yeah. with your baby like that should be the successful yeah, element yeah exactly and don't leave the house over. don't have guests over if you don't want to or if you do have guests over tell them to make their own of tea you don't have to be entertaining you've just had a baby you literally you know if you feel that for your well-being you need to get out of the house that's a different thing of course i'm not it's saying about it's... pressure yeah. on you to maintain normality yeah so and, totally and that needs to and be to look reduced. like you were how you were before and yeah. or, or be like you were how you were before and i think just but the key thing for me is that when you are doing postnatal recovery when you're in that postpartum period the the more support love nourishment you can get from other people whether that's through massage whether that's through good food people cooking and bringing Mm. you home cooked food um, whether that's just through emotional support someone being listened to you whether that's physically getting the rest and just lying on your bed even if you can't sleep when baby sleeps but you rest you will actually recover quicker yeah and be a better mummy in general yeah overall because you and because you've recovered yeah and it's a huge thing you will bounce back so it's about (laughs) accepting that you know and realising that and then I think that's another big phrase this bouncing back like for me I don't think and I don't want to ever scare anyone when they're pregnant I don't think you ever go back you evolve I'm never going to go back to the the body or the person that I was before having a child and would you want to no because that means it's like it's gone it's not there yeah and you are now a mother there's no way you can remove that part of you that's changed that now cares for this tiny thing that is fully responsible this tiny baby and the strength that you get from the journey of coming a mum yeah and all the lessons you learn is and incredible everything. and the yeah. growth that you go on so you and, so bouncing and back either... identity wise is just crazy mm. and then bouncing back body wise mm. I mean you're really fit Joe. so when I look at you I think oh my gosh she does she just bounces back she's you know, got her body and I've never gone back to feeling how I did when I got married I got pregnant on my honeymoon so mm. When I got married, I felt really slim and good yeah. about myself. And I don't even know if I was ever going to... Well, I'd like to but think that I But do you know what? For me, the external is one thing. But working on the insides, getting that back is the most important thing. Because in a, in a kind of more yogic sense, your pelvic floor, your deep abdominals actually related to some of your emotional chakras and all sorts of things, which don't even have to go into but getting the core foundation working to bring your pelvic floor back which has a natural impact on everything else within the physical body is so important so for me deep in, and this is what I do in, in postnatal classes with the mums and babies is like we think about how the breath affects our deep transversal abdominals we work on the pelvic floor get that right don't try and be going off to some kind of extreme fitness regime or class potentially yeah, the until right you get first. that in, and then the rest will follow yeah, you know what? You and Lou's saying this to mm. me, and I'm still 18 months down the line not doing it. Still. But that's okay. <laughs> but there's people who are in their 60s, you know, who still haven't done that. This can be done at any time. Postpartum isn't a year after. Isn't the... your first, fourth trimester over No. <laughs> it's forever after yeah. having a child. And there's tons of stuff you can do. Because I'm what... at the stage now where I want to go back to the gym. I want to start running and doing yeah. weights. But I'm definitely also at the stage where that should come after a bit of yoga. A yeah. little bit of a session to myself or or something that physically works or or, or seeing a physiotherapist who specializes in pelvic floor you know think about those things because without that you're going to carry on throughout your life potentially if you have pelvic floor issues in any way which most people do because you've had a baby pressing
pressing down yeah, and yeah. two babies um pressing down <laughs> on your pelvic floor for, for nine months and even if you've had a cesarean birth it's not just about the birth yeah that's Lucy's you've also if your weight has been there for that time it can um, you know people think they can go running and things and obviously there's a lot of problems with incontinence and leaking and all of that stuff which people think is normal but it doesn't have to be no, at all but be. fix that and also I would always believe that it isn't just a physical thing it has a knock-on emotional impact on you yeah. as a person <clears throat> as a woman for sexuality all of that stuff for your well-being I don't do enough of yoga it's one of those things where I want to and I just don't have time yeah. I imagine a lot of people you speak to have that same situation it's just one of those things that I need to make myself do in, even in front of the telly you know like and get something on, on the TV and do it because it, it's it's hard to find time for yourself anyway it so is especially when you have a little baby I understand but I think like anything in life it's poco poco it's poco poco it's little by little and it's about creating habits and we clean our teeth every morning we you know make your mm. bed whatever those sorts of things we do those without thinking because it's natural it's a habit yeah and it's about finding a way of incorporating yoga into your life which doesn't have to be loads i'm mm. not saying you need to go to a class and do an hour yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm talking about five minutes meditation or five minutes breathing or five minutes stretching, stretching yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever it might be and and kind of finding a time and a place that is sort of fixed not okay I have to do yeah. seven a rigid blah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. but like it gives you <clears throat> a structure then doesn't it Hopefully. and I think mornings are important because actually then it does set you up for the day but obviously that's not always possible sometimes maybe in your lifestyle or whoever's lifestyle finding five minutes in the evening is the right thing to do or you know but I think trying to find a consistent routine or rhythm or pattern is really beneficial and also the other thing the big trick that I used to tell myself when I wanted to when I wanted to go from being just like someone who enjoyed going to classes um to someone who actually had a daily practice a yeah. consistent which is what you need to have really if you're a teacher because you're giving a lot when you're a teacher as a you're you're giving in the classes and you need to have your practice underlying that to support you so you're in a good place that you can support others yeah which is very true for a mum as well actually it's very and is that something you learned so when you started teaching did you realize that and then no before that okay I knew that's what I needed it was kind of my teacher taught us it's like you're a vessel if you've got leaky bits (laughs) again I keep on thinking about motherhood like leaky bits (laughs) um coming out of you how can you possibly then support and hold and hold space for people just provide like a you know a good Mm. grounding for them you can't because you're just all over the place a bit wobbly a bit wibbly Mm. so keep your vessel secure keep it all together Mm. and then you've got the potential to look after others and that's I think so relevant for being a mum yeah yeah absolutely but yeah the trick I told myself when I wanted to go from just going to classes to um to doing have a regular practice was I didn't make it like I've got to practice I didn't make it like this is a chore I've got to exercise because that doesn't Mm. work for me Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) I I had to tell myself it was a treat. Yeah. I had to change my perception. So I really made it like, oh, I'm going to do something really nice for me. I'm going to like, oh. Like a spa or, yeah, exactly. or a sitting in a sauna or something totally. like that. Yeah, Because yeah. that's how you feel when you've had yeah. when you've done some yoga anyway. It's like Completely. you've had a massage. Yeah. And that's how I approached it. I kind of, I actually had a very lucky, where I lived in Shoreditch, I had a, a gym not far away from me where they taught yoga classes and a fabulous teacher was there. But they had a pool. I convinced myself it was like a spa day. It wasn't yeah. a, it wasn't a, it was a spa hour. It yeah, wasn't yeah. A, a, a chore. It wasn't an exercise class. That's how I used to get to the gym. Yeah. Thinking about the bit after. Exactly. <laughs> but whatever works. And yeah, I think, yeah. you know, as a mum, you can't do that. I'm not saying you can, but it's more just like that same attitude. So do you do an hour every day to yourself? Um, not always. It's more whatever I'm able to do. Okay. Yeah. So some mornings, I, I do try. So where's your place? My practice, it depends on my situation with my kids. I, I try and I tend to have an area at the front of my house, which is a sunroom and I have a little kind of altar set up there. Oh, really? And an altar is, it sounds very spiritual and religious it's literally some flowers a photo of my kids my husband a little Buddha people have crystal it's just something nice a candle it's just something nice see that's the part of it that I have no idea about I mean it's the Buddhist side of it 
it, isn't it? Yeah, possibly. I mean, it's whatever you want to call it. I suppose I see it as like a bit of sort of self-love. It's like the things that are important to me. Gratitude. Yeah, gratitude, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And just, I kind of honour myself in that because I love to have some nice flowers. Yeah, yeah. I love candles, you know, all those things. And it's just a really nice little focus. It's just my focus. Mm-hmm. It's not a big kind of oming spiritual thing necessarily, but it's just like, yeah, something that gives me a, a focus at a place. Yeah, to, yeah, and that's yeah. where I roll my mat out to. I have my playlists that I love to listen to. All these things help me get in the zone. You but, should really share that playlist. I would love ah, that playlist. Yeah, you can. I've got it on Spotify. I yeah, you should share it out with all your yeah, women. And it's so often, funny. Yeah, they do often always ask I, me. I was, I, I was just thinking, you know, I, I got some lavender after the yoga with you as yeah. well. because. Joe puts a little bit of lavender oil on your temples and your forehead as well. Yeah, eyebrows, earlobes. Yeah, yeah. it's so nice. It's the end bit. <laughs> it's just like, don't ever send me home. I'm <laughs> staying here forever. <laughs> oh, it's so needed. It's so do you so do that needed. to yourself as well? No, yes. I burn a bit of um, lavender oil often, or some DoTerra oils. I've got some kind of a few different ones. I like rose. I like geranium. I like citrus ones. Are quite uplifting. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. Yeah, I do put, drop a couple of drops in a candle and sometimes to create that. Just some about ambience, just about feeling. It's about that treat. It's like a you treat. Say, it's like your yeah. spa. So it's Tremendous like, let's in, let me make this environment as nice as possible. Exactly. And it's having that place set up. So again, I don't have to think about it. Mm. So I'm not creating that each time. It's there. It's kind of away from the kids. They can't put it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's there. And it's like, it's just, it's the same as, oh, I'm at the sink, I'm going to brush my teeth. It's, I'm going there, I'm going to do a bit of yoga. And if I can, I get up and I do five minutes before my son starts shouting, Mummy, Mummy! If I can That's do that, really brilliant. Doesn't always happen. I'm not an angel. No. I was like, a lot of the time I want to stay in bed. I get it. But, but it does make you feel good for the day. Yeah. It's a really good thing to remember and think about also for mums. Just taking a breath. Do you know what I mean? We don't breathe properly most of the time. We're all up in our chest, mm-hmm. quite high. Just taking a deep, proper breath through the nose and teaching people how to breathe into the belly. It's like, and then... I remember doing that with you. Ah. I don't think I've breathed properly unless I'm in your no, company. <laughs> but it's a treat, isn't it? Yeah, it makes you it feel really like is. It's like it's a little like, oh, love oh, note to yourself. I should breathe again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So small, simple things like that for five minutes. When you're with your kids, and please don't think I'm saying I do this perfectly because I don't, <laughs> but our energy affects them, doesn't it? We know that. Oh, absolutely. When you've got a, having a bad day, everything they do is like a tantrum for some reason. Yeah. Everything they do is like, why are you doing that? It's just grates on you, doesn't yeah. it? And, and it all you... gets worse. It yeah. spirals, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's so clear and obvious when my husband walks in through the door when I've had a bad day yeah absolutely right so if we can try sometimes whenever we can to bring ourselves into that kind of slightly calmer place slightly more present slightly more grounded place and breath can be a massive tool in doing that yeah take that deep breath I I tell my son to take a deep breath when Mm. he's freaking out Mm. or having a meltdown or anything and he he does it and he it really physically you can see him calm down Mm. and it and for sleep I find it at night time you know when you're trying to get them to sleep um you know staying with them calming slowing down your breath breathing in they can feel it as well because that's what happens when you're going to sleep isn't it your breath slowly begins to soften slow so physically consciously doing that yourself can actually really help them to get into Mm. their relaxation so when you're reading a book or something in that quiet time before sleep trying Mm. to really lower all the energy can make a massive difference so just yeah they're just in kind of that quiet time before bedtime when you're reading a book just really bringing yourself into a calm quiet place with breath slowing down can directly affect them energetically i with my two i do it for sure um and i notice it especially with new mums and god i was there so I'm not again and you will be and I will be again (laughs) yeah but you know particularly when it's the first because you're so new of course and you don't know what you're doing and god knows we're all making it up aren't we but when you're you as a mum get anxious or unsure or tense tense, yeah that can have a direct effect on the baby. So the baby's crying and particularly in a class And you're freaking maybe. out. You don't know how to do any, yeah. something. Or like, 
one of the prime examples is bath time mm. because I remember my first and I was so nervous mm. about bathing mm. Oscar and the second time with Sam I just had it down he just had this like spa experience I put music on mm. I enjoyed it he enjoyed it yeah. and it was just completely different to the crazy yeah. experience of the first one where you have no idea what what they can handle yeah. I suppose and also you have no idea how much your nerves affect them completely that's exactly it so it's your anxieties isn't it when you're feeling apprehensive or unsure rubs off on them and it, oh, it's just a vicious circle Paul it, yeah. you put <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, be yeah. kind to yourself everyone's been there I've certainly been there and I think you know that can happen sometimes with breastfeeding yeah. with toddlers I, I've always felt that breastfeeding mm. I, every both times feel really uncomfortable mm. um, sitting in a cradle position mm. uh, and I get all tense on my neck mm-hmm. and I get really uncomfortable and my kids just have never liked it and mm. there's a reason for that and mm. it's because I'm massively uncomfortable yeah. so lying down breastfeeding it was always my thing yeah. which is probably why as soon as they stopped wanting to lie down it, we all we basically stopped both times yeah and that's good isn't it I think at least you're aware of that and they're, in, that. they're aligned with me yeah it, that's completely what happens perfect yeah. and I think yeah that you know obviously there's also practical things and sometimes it is about the latch or they have tongue tie but I think a big part for me for, for breastfeeding with my first daughter as well I was so adamant I wanted to make it work I was so like yes mm, I'm going to so breastfeed on yourself. Mm. and I was so then tense when I went to feed come on you will feed and I, I think I came from a kind of quite high achieving background and I'm organised business work career you know and you expect don't you when you have a child that to be they'll sort of follow that <laughs> you know there is the sort of thing that you're going to fit into and it's going and to that you're fit going to be into successful your life at yeah. as well because you've been naturally successful because you're you're able and you're capable and all of that stuff and children don't babies don't do that that doesn't how it works and it's a huge thing a huge shift a huge learning curve to go from kind of thinking yeah I'm top of my game I've got it all sorted and to having those freak outs with your baby because you don't know what you're doing yeah I completely found that or that they just don't do what they're meant to do or you don't know what they're doing or it just happens and I think it happens to everybody I think there's not one person I've spoken to that doesn't feel like that at some point yeah which in turn um then affects your identity Mm. and how you feel about yourself Mm -hmm. so if we could talk about identity a little bit I wanted to talk to you about I suppose how you've evolved over two kids and changing careers Mm -hmm. and moving countries and everything so um how do you think motherhood has affected your personal identity? Oh, that's a big question. Um, it's really big. <laughs> but I would say, well, massively, like we've talked about, you, I've grown. I've definitely changed and evolved. I've definitely gone from being quite into myself, into my career, and quite selfish. So you are in your 20s. You mm. can be buying clothes and things were oh, my that's priority. That's definitely one thing I would say. Yeah. I've gone from being quite selfish when you're a twen- girl yeah. in my 20s to being almost selfless. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember, you know, you have to really concentrate to yeah. spend time on Almost yourself. too much, you know, yeah, and that's yeah. why your mum's night's off is so good to give yourself a bit of time back. But yeah, so now, you know, and again, it's not to say that I'm a perfect selfless mum, like a kind of Martha Stewart home wife, um, you know, cooking and baking and stuff, but I, you, you give to your family, don't you? Give you give everything, and you, like we said before, we're, you're stretched in every direction, mm. and everyone seems to be a priority over you. Yeah, although I do think um, with my second, having gone through quite a difficult time with the birth, and then also really very much because I hadn't with my first I had kind of gone back to work I took this time around the second time around I, I went the opposite way and I threw myself into motherhood I loved it and I whoa my god I loved my little boy and you needed to after your first experience going yes. back to work so quickly and so it was all the kit you know I wasn't working at that point I was lucky very lucky but also my husband was away a lot so I had it was me as a single so you had mom both of them at home no, yeah. no childcare we got a we had a cleaner help us a little bit and she'd do a couple of hours sometimes give you a break just a little break but not a lot at all primarily me so I'd really throw myself into it and I think actually I got a little bit lost in that yeah. I breastfed for a long time because I managed to breastfeed this time and was very pleased with it, that for me it wasn't lost it was obsessed yeah like, I was just obsessed it was all that was in my life 
and, and it's I, a good obsession, I, isn't I it? I loved it. Uh, my friends didn't because it's all I ever talked about. Yeah, and I really didn't have anything else going on. And yeah, that that because of that you become lost. You don't know who you are anymore. You Absolutely. Know? And I think I did that, and particularly because I couldn't go out very much in the evenings. My husband wasn't here, so mm-hmm. it wasn't even like I exactly. could go and do that. Um, it was all about the kids, and I don't regret it. I don't, and I don't think I'll ever regret it. But at the same time, I think when Jake maybe got around two or three, you know, I was really worn down. I was really, really battered. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember feeling the same. Just exhausted with it all. And I think I've emerged from that in these last couple of years. I've kind of found now a freelance career in terms of yoga, but also I do digital marketing, which I can do remotely with clients in the UK. Um, so I found myself again a bit, and okay, it was really good. important. And that, and and is that where we're at at the moment? Except for a little bit apprehension towards. Well, that's it. And then this is why, again, well, you know, to go back to what we talked about at the beginning, mm. it's quite hard to go back from not only having a four-year-old going back to nappy world but also having a bit more of a career having a bit more of yeah, me and you're gonna have to take and then break. go back so my plan <laughs> and let's not get too attached to a plan but <laughs> what I would like to imagine is that this time I can find a bit of balance yeah so I can absolutely tend that spend that time resting in that fourth trimester period which I believe is so important yeah. in order for me to recover quickly but then what I would like to do and I think I've learned this through two pregnancies is still have a bit of me alongside the kids mm. not lose myself quite so much perhaps quite as deeply so or deep. for so yeah. long yeah. Yeah. and find saying. that like balance and, and I ideally like to find a way that I can complement having a child alongside working and especially because of the area now working with yoga mums it does naturally fit you know yeah, there's so yeah. much kind of synchronicity between the two things mm-hmm. and also my job um, which I've kind of now come into which is fantastically flexible yeah yeah so that's so you can basically do that in your own time but you won't be doing that quickly no not initially at all but it is something that you know if I do need to do five hours a week that's not terrible you know I can fit that in if I can work from home Mm. and I also think about getting the support I need so really much more vocal and about accepting help accepting help paying for help if I need to if I have to yeah 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 although we haven't got loads of money no I don't mean accepting help I mean asking for help when you need it I think that's I don't know whether it's a British mentality mm. of we can handle everything by ourselves mm. thing or just mums in general I think it's mums in general yeah just I think, so. think and also the idea that of the super mum yeah that you have to be able to handle everything and juggle everything and and if you can't then you you're definitely not successful and that's I've just let mad go of that. <laughs> yeah I, it's, it's crazy when when people think that I I have it all down no it's not the case no. at all and I think like you said before as well it's absolutely no judgment because that is so important you know no one knows no everyone's just doing what feels right for them and that's how it should be and you don't yeah, need yeah. to the one thing we should learn to do is just not judge people for someone the decisions someone does a really good make. t-shirt or something don't they that says don't judge me I'm a mother too yeah like don't judge me yeah you know I wouldn't you know yeah. let's not judge each other no. we, we, we're all mums here trying exactly. our best that's all we're doing isn't it we're, yeah. all, we're all working our way through it so so you had you had your second kid mm. and I suppose for me I thought with after because I had a, quite an identity change after my first and mm. then after my second I was kind of like oh my god this is all I am now it's mm. just a mum so I suppose the identity crisis was there again mm. so I'm what I'm, my question is do you think that it's going to happen again for you do you think you're going to have a, a session of a time of feeling unsure about where you are who you are and, and oh undoubtedly I'm sure yeah. I will I think that will happen it seems to be a natural whether it's hormonal or just yeah. part of the adjusting to being a mum again well everything is adjust isn't it accept and adjust and you know that's going to happen of course with three I think each time perhaps there's an awareness though a bit more of it and that's what makes it easier you're kind of aware that these things happen what is that um, term term so yeah matrescence matrescence I think that's how they say it matrescence basically like adolescence adolescence so we all accept don't we that you know as a teenager when you turn into that teenager phase there's hormones going through your body um, you physically you're changing you're growing up aren't you becoming an adult through puberty um, and you know you, teenagers need a lot of love don't they they should be supported in that and that's what you would do your parents would do for you but we don't acknowledge that within being coming a mum although we're going through exactly the same things our hormones are all over the place physically we're changing and emotionally we're changing massively we're stepping into a new role 
You know, just like a teenager's becoming an adult, we're becoming a new person in a way. Yeah, yeah. So they're now beginning to recognise that matrescence is a phase that we should acknowledge and we should recognise and we should give it the kind of respect almost. Yeah, like time. you do an adolescent. Like, like you, you do know, a teenager. You know that they're growing and learning about being a new person. Yeah, and with a new bu- stage in their life. Completely. And that's what um, becoming a mother is. It's yeah. like you can't go back. No. <laughs> and we give them support, but we don't do that for ourselves. And we often think, well, we've all just got to sail into motherhood being all grateful and smiley and like, oh, it's all wonderful. And, you know, yes, it is. It's amazing. God, I love my kids. I love them so much. But, you know, there's also lows within that. There's highs and there's lows, isn't there? Mm. And they call it kind of the push-pull of motherhood because you're very... um, focused on your child we're naturally hormonally made to kind of focus on our child and really zone in on them and give them all the care that they need but also there is that still that identity that feeling that what about me yeah what about me and particularly if you've had a career or you know you've just you're established in your life that can be very hard so just giving ourselves that kind of compassion that understanding that acknowledge it time is a passing it's a ritual massive ritual we're going into we need a bit of space to grow into that and being all right about that and other people being all right about that too yeah, yeah. we need them to do it too so i think this word using matrescence can be really helpful just to go oh yeah, yeah light bulb click that's yeah, i know that's how i felt it's when like, i heard it yeah. it was so good that's how i feel a bit at this current moment i remember mm. this phase and mm. that's when i started to want another baby mm. last time with oscar and now with sam it's definitely not that mm. <laughs> it's more okay 2019 has to be for me you know and it's very much the next stage Mm. and I am aware that 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 stage happens when you get your freedom and you get starting to feel Mm. relieved again that Mm. there's no tiny babies yeah don't worry (laughs) no it's back to normal a little bit more isn't it yeah and I think I think um that's very natural yeah and I think it's very natural for every pregnancy and then every progression through small baby toddler and now he's starting to come out dependent yeah we did so upsetting well that's it and that's the thing isn't it the irony is we'll be looking back won't we in you know five years two years time go oh I wish there were little babies again I miss them but you know this is just life it's the moving the march on isn't it and you've got to just try and enjoy the moments you can and that's not to say that people like who tell you enjoy every moment it passes so quickly you don't want to just say shut up on diet because that happens a lot yeah but try and enjoy the moments because when you've had a bit of hindsight when you've had a bit of space and time and you see them Mm. you do realize what they were on about i know at the time you feel like punching someone in the face when they tell you that and you've had two hours sleep but yeah 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 (laughs) that's another thing like so relationship wise Mm. how have you found your identity change for me i think that there's always um a moment when you start to feel a little bit sexy again Again, like last time that was probably the time when i started to want a baby again but it takes a long time and i don't know whether it's got something to do with breastfeeding or not Mm -hmm. um to get your identity as a woman Mm. as a sexy person Mm. back Mm. and that's totally natural did Mm. you find that with both and are you um yeah like i definitely think perhaps breastfeeding does play a part in that because you're not in your body are you your body is for someone else definitely and And it's tender and and it takes such a long time when you're breastfeeding to or such a process to remove yourself from feeling milk covered yeah like like just minging like you've been just latched onto and suckered all drawn out exactly and i i found both times actually that a bar some music some time alone yeah get all touched out don't you yeah yeah exactly i think so and i think it's just time no touched out is a really good expression yeah. because like you've just had I would too especially just had kids on me for so long when my husband would ask me well not ask me but when we it would naturally be in the mood mm. I wouldn't be no because I'd just be like just leave me, me alone. alone I don't want to be touched no and I think it's a challenge for all relationships I think anyone who pretends otherwise or maybe they're very lucky but I think for me definitely that's been the case and for myself and my husband extra dimension because he's away a lot so we have yeah. this disconnection a lot during the week and then everything is forced into a weekend oh yeah it's like to make it relationship yeah do everything you know have perfect family time perfect couple time yeah yeah and we're only just getting used to each other by sunday and then he's off to work again you know so i think that happens a lot and that and and actually i find that when george goes away we always fight first yeah (laughs) or we go for 
dinner you fight, don't yeah, you? Because you, you've got so much to talk yeah, exactly. about. Yeah, exactly. Well, we always fight because I've got myself into a routine yeah. of um, when they go to bed, how I'm going to do it. Yeah, and, and as soon as someone else is involved, whoever that is, yeah. you're like, that's not how we do that's it. That's not what we're doing. Stop doing <laughs> yeah. that. I've got this under control. You yeah. you, you, sit, you just do this yeah. part. Yeah. Do and what and you're sometimes told. them helping <laughs> is not them helping initially at first until we get you find yeah, your rhythm yeah, again. Exactly. But yeah, no, we definitely had that. And I think, you know, I think it becomes for us anyway, and maybe a lot of other people, it becomes even more apparent sort of second time round because the first time, you know, it's just you and you two and a kid. I've still got a bit more of you guys yeah, 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 with yeah. the baby. It, yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Second time, it's you two and you're the family unit. So Sammy. when the baby second time round, when the baby is sleeping, yeah. one of you still with the toddler. Yeah. There's never any family time <laughs> yeah, between no you, is there? Couple time, whereas when you've got one, you've got this moment of peace. Yeah. When the baby goes to yeah. sleep, and that, and when, at the beginning, that's a lot. Yeah. So you get to yeah. reconnect and stuff. Maybe that's why naturally it happens that yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> but with the second one, I found that reconnection took a lot, lot yeah. longer. And of course, everything's harder. You, you, you're more pushed. You're more well, stretched. George was always just out with us. Yeah. Like, exactly. Always out. There's always one of you with one of the other. So there's never much time for you as a couple. And so yeah, you know, we had a hard time. I'm totally honest. We we've had to work through lots of things, um, particularly because we haven't been always together and that made mm. an impact as well because we haven't just the time to talk about stuff yeah. but really finding time for yourself as a couple and that doesn't have to be date night even I think it's just literally all right eating together 20 minutes <laughs> we're gonna sit and have a chat yeah and come be kind rather than just be narky like have empty the dishwasher or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really important like a real conversation after actually come together yeah. reconnect and you almost need to schedule it a little bit yeah, yeah. it's a bit sad isn't it but you need to say like we are going to do that this evening we have meeting night oh I mean it's like forced isn't it <laughs> yeah, and it feels like oh, it, we not, have one meeting night and one date night like we sit down yeah. and we go through our calendars and stuff because only when it's you terrible. do the prep no it's not that's fantastic <laughs> that's a great idea to call it a meeting though it's like I, I know, feel like ah, until you've done the logistical practical boring stuff finances whatever it is you can't then get into like how are you doing because otherwise you do just fight about that yeah <laughs> all the practical stuff about the logistics to do with the extra scholars or whatever yeah, yeah. you can't then do the nice stuff so I think actually that's a really great idea I might adopt that myself <laughs> yeah. meeting night on Wednesdays date night Friday <laughs> date night we never go out now no ever. it's not always possible it's just we don't do anything else except be together and have some nice food yeah. Yeah, or just yeah. sit and have a chat and I think the danger is that you know Netflix takes over a little bit doesn't it and of course it does because all you want to do is slump and watch something easy but actually when you do switch the TV off put some music on and chat yeah, yeah. don't you feel so We're much better like for one it one of us cooking and the yeah. other one chatting with them while they yeah okay so um right now what would you say to your pre-motherhood self oh that's a really good question i think it would be don't sweat it it will all figure itself out it will all come together you can't pre-empt pre-organize pre-determine pre-set everything up you can't sort of make this work you have to learn to flow to surrender to accept a little bit and to take things really calmly that's lightly. a bit like the bath situation mm. right so i had so many expectations of, of giving baby a bath that you know that he was gonna adore it and be a gurgling mm. fantastic baby so many expectations mm. that you're gonna have a great experience doing something breastfeeding whatever it is mm. and it's not like that and then you feel like a bad mum mm. or you feel un- unsuccessful mm. in some way and that to me has the recognition that you've got to not do that when going into something mm. to do with motherhood like even choosing a school choosing a school was a huge ordeal for me mm-hmm. because but I really had to keep reminding myself it's not forever no. I'm not like making a choice for my child that is good or bad and that he has to stick with forever and also you're not completely in control of that there's factors yeah. out of your control but it's not just the school system yeah and, and the same in the UK and school experience even if you've got the most incredible yeah, school for your child it, your child might not be suited to it exactly so it's like it's that I'd say that and I yeah. think you're right I think any just why not stress about yeah it? because you can't achieve anything from that anyway can you coming no. you need to come at things 
that from a calm, moderate, fairly just relaxed place because they will it's work. Hard. <laughs> it's easier said than done for sure. But thinking negatively or being negative in a sort of negative situation only produces a negative outcome, no? So if you can try and come from a place of calm, try and come from a place of sort of bigger perspective thinking, you'll actually probably have a better result ultimately. Yeah, yeah. I've got just two more questions and then we can finish the interview. Um, if you have one piece of advice mm-hmm. for a new mother in Barcelona, mm-hmm. what would it be? Absolutely take care of yourself and find the people, do a bit of work beforehand to find people, to find networks. And then when that happens, when the baby arrives, connect, connect with people, use people, talk to people, find support and find love, find whoever it is, whether it's a good friend, whether it's a family member, whether it's a, a midwife, an expert in some area, just use people around you because it's so important. You don't want to feel isolated and it can, especially as an international in Barcelona, be a bit like that sometimes. So, so work hard almost to trying to find your friends, yeah. your group and allow people to help you. Yeah, yeah. Also, for any mothers struggling with their identity, mm-hmm. what would you I suppose it's again just take a deep breath things will pass things will shift things will change you can't always figure it all out straight away sometimes it's allowing a bit of time to let's see what will happen how things will shift and change and settle almost um it's all a process isn't it and there's times when you feel yeah you're you need to throw yourself in being into a mum because you can't do the job and being a mum like I had with my first child there's times when you feel like I've gone too far into motherhood and now I need to kind of pull back a bit Mm -hmm. it's an evolving journey things are going to change and you might go one way you can always recorrect that little boat you know you can get it back on path so again talk to people try and keep time and connection to yourself whether that's journaling whether that's meditation whether that's yoga whether that's going out for a night with your friends or a coffee or whatever find things that help you keep hold of who you are so you can listen to that and that will help you navigate that sense of identity oh I love that that's amazing that's so good I'm like sitting here thinking yes I need to do that yep yep I'm gonna do that it's really good advice Okay, brilliant. Thank you so much, Jo. You're very that welcome. was amazing. It's so nice to speak to someone else who's had a struggle with their identity and coming out of it and then doing yeah. it all again. I know. <laughs> well, let's see. Talk to me again in another six months and let's see where I'm at. I might be in a totally different world. Okay. But good. I think experience helps massively and yeah. I think talking to people does as well. So that's why it's always nice to talk. Nice to go through it, isn't it? Okay, well, thank you very much, Jo. And um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. That was the interview. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, subscribe on iTunes for all future episodes. All the links can be found on omotherbarcelona.com. Follow us and get involved on Instagram and Facebook at omotherbarcelona. And again, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic day.